podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. When you bundle your renters and auto insurance with Progressive, you could save money, but it doesn't cover any terrible memories living rent-free in your head. You remember that time you were singing in the shower, and then you heard a knock on the wall, and then you realized that your bathroom shared a wall with your neighbor's bedroom, and all you could do was stand there silently, thinking about all the other things they may have heard in the four years you've lived there? <sighs> yeah, good times. Sorry, we can't save you from that memory, but we could save you money bundling your renters and auto insurance with Progressive. Coverage from Progressive Casualty Insurance Company affiliates and third-party insurers. Renters insurance and bundle discount not available in all states or situations. It's the Blue Room. I'm your host, Ben Crawford, for this week, a special edition podcast. Here with me is Johnny Garside, the Mental Health and Wellbeing Manager at Everton in the Community. We're here to talk all things mental health, all things Everton in the Community, due to it being Men's Health Week in the week just gone. So it's quite relevant that we get this podcast out there. So, Johnny, welcome to the Blue Room. Uh, I believe it's a debut for you on any of our podcasts. How have you been this week? All right. Yeah, yeah, not too bad. And and many thanks for the invitation to speak. It's, uh, It's great to be here. Yeah, no, absolutely. Thank you for gracing us with your presence on the show. You know, if you could just, um, obviously your job title is the Mental Health and Wellbeing Manager at Everton in the community, as I said earlier. Johnny, do you want to just tell the listeners a little bit about, you know, how long you've been at Everton in the community and what your your role is day to day? Yeah, um, so I count it a great privilege to have been uh, a part of Everton in the community, I think, almost about 13, 14 years now, so been around for a little while and um, my, my role essentially is helping uh, design, deliver, uh, coordinate the health and well-being arm of Everton in the community, which is obviously the official charity of Everton Football Club. So we design and deliver a, a range of different health and well-being team projects out in the community, all with the overt uh, objective of trying to Positively challenging, positively challenge health inequalities and raise the quality of life of marginalised, at-risk and vulnerable people across the region. Yeah, no, that's uh, that's excellent. And uh, obviously, I mentioned at the top of the show, Johnny, that it was Men's Health Week from the 14th to the 20th of this month, just gone. So that being in mind, has there been any? Um, has there been business as usual? you in terms of that or is there anything um, different you've done this week uh, to reflect that? Yeah, well, we have, you know, our key provision that's happening each day, each week uh, throughout the year, but obviously those key moments in the calendar uh, when we look to kind of drive up the awareness around certain key themes, be it, you know, like you say, Men's Health Week, Mental Health Awareness Week, International Refugee Week, Diabetes, Cancer Awareness. There's so many different um, key promotion awareness raising days throughout the year and the kind of key features in our calendar. So we'll always try to uh, leverage support to coincide with those kind of key dates really by putting on um, special events or, you know, profiling and highlighting some of the work that we do and the impact that it's having um, on people's lives and stuff. So yeah, for Men's Health Week, we've done quite a lot of stuff around kind of raising awareness as, as to the, the provision that we have in place to support men's health. Um, and yeah, we've done some key case studies. We've brought back to funders around the impact that it's had on some um, men's men's health generally, 
up kind of profile and specifically some of the work that we've been doing uh, targeting young men um, with early uh, experiences of mental health um, young men who've been displaced and been residing in the city as asylum seeker asylum seekers and refugees and some of our targeted work supporting older people and older men specifically around our walking football provision <clears throat> so quite a lot going on uh, day to day but certainly for men's health, men's health week that's uh, a big key date for us in the diary yeah no absolutely i think it's uh, very important you know to the you, you know you've raised there and the support that's on offer i mean we all know how good everton are as a, as a community sort of hope they're absolutely fantastic unrivaled for me across the premier league and suppose European football really for the work they do off the pitch. As an Evertonian like myself, Johnny, I mean, it must be a pretty, uh, pretty almost dream job for you. I know obviously you've been there a long time now and that, but how much pride does it give you uh, knowing that you're working for an organisation such as Everton in the community that is just so stellar in, in all of its application and everything it does? I mean, it must be a real privilege, uh, obviously, for them to have you and for you to obviously have them to work for as well. 100%. Couldn't agree more. Uh, I count it, as I say, a great privilege. Uh, I feel very blessed each day to to go into work and uh, do the job that I do and, you know, feel like I can really make a difference. I'm being given the platform to be able to positively impact people's lives that, that need the support. So it's, uh, it's a great privilege. And as an Evertonian myself, you know, it fills me with, with immense pride to see the work that the charity does and to be somewhat involved with that and, and helping shaping that over the time and, and certainly the exciting plans that we've got uh, ahead of us for the next kind of three to five windows it's, it's a fantastic time to be a part of the charity and yeah it, it is it's a dream job and every day kind of get up with a spring in my step knowing that uh, I'm part of a fantastic organisation that, that really is uh, yeah leading the path in many respects Yeah absolutely I don't think any Evertonian or Eddie Premier League football fan, you know, anyone and all would ever criticise the work Everton do in the community. It's absolutely unrivaled, you know, as I said before. And just a bit more about you, Johnny. Obviously, you've been in Everton for an awful long time now. You, you know, you've really um, you know, made a difference over a long period of time now at Everton in the community. So, what's your what's your background? What's your, you know, how did you get involved in all that? And how did all that uh, come about all them years ago to uh, get involved with Everton? It must have been, you know, really. Uh, Really, really good time for you as well, and, and for Everton to uh, make that mutual relationship where you then obviously took the job that you're doing now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's it's been a it's been a long journey and um, many twists and turns along the way. But uh, I guess it probably started as a boy, you know, supporting the Blues, um, going to games, and just being an avid fan, and then I guess translating that passion into being a player myself and, and just loving the game you know um, and having my own you know career playing it and then studied went off to university and um, kind of focused more so on, on, on sports science and exercise physiology but there was always a, a passion there around the application of you know how I can uh, be involved in sport in some way and specifically football um, but coaching was kind of the the initial passion for me um, kind of alongside my playing days and then transitioning out of playing and, and more so into coaching so that kind of led me to volunteer in the first instance with Everton in the community 
Um, and you know, as I, as I was studying, there was an opportunity to you know be part of some of the volunteering programs and soccer camps and various different programs, and that was I guess my first introduction to Everton in the community, which was a great shop window for me to be able to to see the length and breadth of the work that Everton in the community does, and you know to get myself you know known I guess, um, and then from there I kind of went off traveling and spent a couple of years abroad coaching and but always had it in my heart really to kind of return back home and then uh you know have my heart set on my sight set on a, a job at everton being the coming together of my two main passions really which is well three main passions uh football everton and um and helping people and that was uh yeah the culmination of everton and the community really so Started very, very, very kind of small acorns, volunteering, uh, coaching, uh, working across various different programs, um, and then I guess I've kind of just risen up the ranks and been involved in various different uh, departments and programs along the way. But you know, as a, you know, I really do take pride in the the work that we do, and it was the health and well-being aspect of um, everything in the community that was really uh, most prominent for me, and wanting to kind of add my skills to it, learn more about it, get heavily invested into. So that's a personal passion of mine. Um, so yeah, all of those things combined together, it really is a dream job. Yeah, no, I can see that and I can see the uh, the passion that you have for it, which is absolutely great. And just on your Everton in the community volunteering that you did in the early stages and to this day as well. You know, I'm, I personally, obviously we've spoken, you know, off air, I get involved with as much with Everton in the community and the voluntary centres, I can, you know, I've done the fundraising. Santa Dashes for Everton in the community was lucky enough to get tour of the Liver Building um, as part of my fundraising as well. You know, there was also uh, the Sleep House that I did just before mm-hmm. COVID hit last, well, God, last March now, right back when life seemed more normal than anything. But, you know, it was really a privilege for me to even be able to volunteer to get in, you know, to get into that side of things and, you know, try to make a difference in my own way. Are those the kind of volunteering events that you, you know, you started doing and are still taking part in now as part of your role? Yeah, very much so. You know, there's there's so much to get involved with. And, you know, I think as a charity, we, we really do well in that area of bringing our fan base and I guess just the, the city and further afield close to us and feel connected uh, along the way to, to the journey and the causes that we uh, work towards um, being involved with. So, yeah, v- very much so those early days of kind of being involved with uh, the various different fundraising campaigns and volunteering on various projects and still to this day involved with, with a number of them. So, I, you know, I would, I'm not sure exactly what, what the stats would be, but a high percentage of our kind of full and part-time staff have gone through that same process themselves of volunteering initially and then you know, progressing on to paid employment. So it, it's a key component of our work and um, the lifeblood of the work that we do is, is is the volunteers that help underpin the work that obviously our staff deliver and, and help out so so graciously and uh, passionately on all of the fundraising activities that we do to kind of help uh, support the work that we do. So, yeah, mass, massive respect for all of the volunteers that they do an amazing job. Yeah, no, I can't echo that sentiment enough. I think it's it's absolutely fantastic that all the volunteers get involved and it is real it's for me I found it when I took part in the events is sort of my they were really my first 
you know, dipping my toe in the water in terms of getting involved with Everton and getting, you know, some volunteering work under my belt. And I found it a real, like you say, a sense of community, everyone pulling for the same end product end project. And it's it's you know, it was a really special feeling and I, I don't think many clubs across the UK can honestly say they have that kind of impact. You know, we all I remember, you know, obviously again we'll go on to COVID and stuff, but before all that happened we had to sleep out. And then obviously the the Santa's which is probably one of the most famous um, community events ever, and get involved a lot with that because you know you would assume that it's just hundreds or thousands of people dressed in red Santa suits for Everton get the blue Santa suits out there and you know make a real Everton in the community job of it. You know we all like I say got a tour of the library building when we were fundraising and it was well covered sort of in the press that time. I think it's just absolutely. It, it, it sort of makes it just a wonderful day, you know, for everyone. And, you know, thankfully on those days it didn't rain either. So it made it a little bit more enjoyable for the runners ourselves. But just on, obviously, we do have to cover sort of you know, how your role was affected from that point onwards with COVID, coronavirus. It's It's been a difficult time for a lot of people, hence why your job really is probably even more important, dare I say, than it was before, because it's a very testing time for a lot of people. So... I know, obviously, your role, you know, is very specific to do with, obviously, your, your well-being, your mental health and that, that side of things. Well, how much was your role affected when all the time? Because, obviously, you are a key worker in the truest sense of the word. Your role has kept going. Your job still had to be there, if not even more so. So how's that affected the day-to-day role of your role in particular? Mm-hmm. Well, massively, uh, in short. And that we've been able to, uh, sorry, not been able to deliver the work that we do in in, in the same way that we've uh, been accustomed to over many years. But what I would say is that there's been elements of the work that we've done since and the way that we've been able to adapt, which have been been really positive. So we obviously had to, you know, cease doing our traditional kind of face-to-face in-person delivery for... um, uh, obvious reasons and it was very much a case of <clears throat> adapting as quickly as we can to respond to you know the needs that were emerging and kind of uh, being presented to us almost on a, on a day-by-day basis as we kind of learned um you know the, the the circumstances that we were that we were in uh, but i've got to i've got to say as a club and as a charity we really did respond swiftly uh, and proactively by ensuring the safety of all staff and participants by being one of the first clubs, I guess, to make that position of closing all our sites. Uh, and then, you know, in a very short space of time from that announcement, we then launched our Blue Family campaign, which was our targeted outreach campaign specifically uh, to support, you know, vulnerable, marginalised, at-risk people uh, directly related to the COVID-19 pandemic. And then we translated all of the work that we do uh, to be online and remote uh, and put provision in place to be able to support people on our programmes and using that platform really. So be it online coffee mornings, be it physical activity sessions, yoga groups, quizzes, um, you know, you, you name it really. We had uh, a comprehensive online activity timetable kind of drafted up together within you know 48 hours really you know so that people could still have that sense of being connected could still um you know be connected to like-minded people on programs their friends eitc staff and still obviously get the support they needed 
during a very uh, very ch- challenging time, like you say, very unprecedented time, and and that's continued right throughout really. So you know, m- more than a year really, we've had that system in place that's been able to uh, continue on the work that we do on a daily basis for our program participants. But alongside that, obviously our, our Blue Family campaign has been our, our kind of um, our linchpin really to pull all of that together for. For those that aren't necessarily part of our programs, um, but have been in dire straits and have been in you know crisis and in need throughout the the pandemic, really. So that's taken the form of you know weekly welfare checking calls, uh, food box distributions, um, electricity bills being covered, uh, mobile phone bills being covered, players and managers making checking calls to to fans and people in need you know there's been a whole range of online provision at home home school and provision activity booklets recipes you know fun stuff for the kids to do there's been just so much and you know it's been a real team effort and i'm so proud of our organization that we reacted so positively and proactively to support um i would say you know fans of all colors really throughout what has been a very difficult time yeah, and you mentioned obviously, you know, the the blue family there. That's exactly, you know, that that for me is sort of a perfect phrase to use for this kind of thing. It's Everton is a family, and I think it's one of the very few clubs that is left like that. And I think it's absolutely fantastic, you know, the the the, the use of that name and you know what it means to everyone. But in you know, in terms of obviously, you know, you've you've gone into some good detail there about how things have changed, obviously due to the coronavirus, etc. But, you know, how difficult for you personally, obviously your your job is a very hands-on, you know, face-to-face job. How how difficult was it for you to sort of adapt to that working from home sort of, you know, spe- you know, you say the virtual coffee morning and things like that. Was that a real, you know, real shock to you and, you know, a hurdle for you to overcome in terms of delivering the same quality service just from, a, you know, a completely different angle? Yeah, it was it was a learning curve, you know. Uh, I think there's elements of how we've been able to adapt our provision that have been really positive. And I think moving forwards, as we start to kind of phase back into face-to-face delivery, that we'll we'll look to kind of continue on and embed within our de- you know our delivery moving forwards. So that it'll be almost like a a blended approach of both, um, where it's the obviously the in-person face-to-face delivery paired with the uh, remote online activity to, to give the opportunity for, for, for both kind of ends of the spectrum to be involved because you know for some people the face-to-face delivery and the absence of that has been a real challenge because uh, you know that's the bread and butter of, of why they engage or how they engage best and they may well have barriers related to some of the online activity that's um, had it been a challenge for them to, to engage with at all or just hasn't been as impactful as the in-person stuff. Uh, and conversely, some people have really kind of flourished and engaged wholeheartedly and, you know, it, you know, mitigated a lot of the risks associated with, you know, what's been presented in the last, you know, 15 months or so uh, in terms of uh, risk factors related to, you know, isolation and mental health and what have you, because they've been so connected to the online provision that we've put in place. So, for various you know groups, it's 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 really uh, been a, a key feature and has been a massive component that we've been uh, supporting people in the past year or so. 
Uh, and then for others, it's just kind of been a stopgap until the real thing or, or you know, the in-person delivery returns. So we'll probably pull the, both approaches together to encompass and to cater for all people uh, when we do obviously return to phase back delivery that we've got the option for both really but it hasn't been easy in short and we have had to adapt we have had to do things in a slightly different way than we're accustomed to but that's a credit to the staff uh, and, our, and our leadership and um, you know our, our management committee that they've been able to proactively support us to be able to do the job that we do but just in, in, in a different way and you know, there's elements of that that, as I say, will continue on beyond the pandemic. But it's about, you know, just being really conscientious in our work to ensure that we can keep people connected as best as possible. Because, you know, I think the bigger pandemic beyond the COVID-19 um, crisis will be the mental health crisis. Um, the, you know, the real after effects, the hangover of, of, of the COVID-19 pandemic will be the impact that it's had on people longer term. Mm. Those people start to, you know, get their social freedoms somewhat restored to them or, or, or restrictions lifted. You know, it, it can present even more challenges for people to go back to what was, you know, the previous norm. So, you know, we've got to be mindful of that and ensure that we can be there uh, in, to bridge that gap. Um, because the transition from one thing to another, research will tell us, is littered really with, li- with, with risk factors related to poor uh, health and well-being outcomes. So we're putting provision in place to help, as I say, bridge that and mitigate some of the, the risk factors associated. Yeah, no, absolutely. And also, obviously, you know, we're covering this, you know, this special edition podcast today, sort of around Men's Health Week, you know, as we've discussed earlier. But obviously... This isn't, you know, this definitely isn't gender exclusive. It's also not exclusive to just Evertonians. You know, as well, Everton in the community is a community for everyone in the city region. It's not just to do with Everton fans. So, bearing that in mind, Johnny, can you tell us just a bit more about the access people have to the services provided? Obviously, the fact that it's not specific to any to anyone in particular. Anyone can access these services, and anyone can, can reach out, can't they? A hundred percent. Yeah. Yeah, please, please, for anyone that is listening or uh, has had this uh, podcast shared to them, please be encouraged to get in touch and, you know, uh, get involved in any of the programmes that we deliver or, you know, just learn more about us because uh, although we are obviously the official charity of Everton Football Club, but we're not exclusive to just Everton fans. Uh, and in fact, some of the, you know, the best case studies and the most impactful journeys that some of our participants have, have gone on are from you know, Liverpool fans or Trammy fans or, you know, fans of other clubs. So, you know, it's not about football in the sense of who you support. It's about the, the football family coming together, regardless of your allegiance and what colour uh, that you support or what club. But being there, as you say, the football family to support each other. So, yeah, we, we, we are very inclusive and would encourage anyone of any um, code of the game or any club uh, to get involved and the main probably access point would be through the website and um, obviously we've got our Everton the community website with all of the links there to the Blue Family campaign the various programs that we run um, and yeah and there's a wealth of information and, and specific contact details for people to to get in touch to to learn more yeah no absolutely you know it's great to you know that you have outlined there that you know it, it isn't specific 
agenda. It isn't specific to your allegiances. It isn't specific to anything. Anyone can access these services and anyone can get the help that everything in the community offer. And just a couple more points uh, before we wrap up, Johnny. Of course, you mentioned there, you know, the different sorts of events that are on and encouraging people to volunteer and get involved, as, as I personally have done in my free time as well. I mean, it's difficult at the moment because of the, you know, the landscape of the uh, uncertainty around the world at the moment, especially in the UK with lockdowns, etc. But, you know, what is the best way, you know, as you've sort of alluded to slightly, what's the best way to get involved? Will there be events coming up that people can get involved in, perhaps even virtually in the current situation that we're in? Yeah, there, there will be. And there's been, you know, great events that have happened over the past you know, 12 months or so that people have uh, been able to still engage with, um, albeit online. So, yeah, I guess it's just a case of keeping abreast of the um, the work that's happening on our social media platforms and our website. And um, there's just, just so much going on, I guess, for people to get involved with. So they would be my first uh, signpost, really, for people to, I guess, generally just to keep uh, up to date with everything that's going on with the charity but also with a view to specific events and volunteering opportunities, they'd, they'd be your best uh, point of call. Yeah, and I will certainly be getting back involved as soon as we're all allowed to. Essentially, you know, once if once the event sort of stands, I sleep out, start coming back, any fun runs, anything like that, that's sort of where me personally, I will be getting involved in, so I'd implore any of the listeners to this podcast to also get involved. You can get in touch with us at the Blue Room as well, and we will always point you in the right direction of the work that Johnny does and the work of everyone at Everton in the community, the various events. And they can also go to their social media page as well. They've always got plenty of great content up there. But uh, final sort of segment of the show now, Johnny, I mean, it's, it's difficult to predict in such an uncertain world as we've alluded to already, but, you know, the future of your role after COVID, what, what most are you looking forward to as we move out of this COVID situation? What most are you looking forward to within your role as the world starts to hopefully get back to normal? Are you looking forward to being more hands-on with your approach to your job? You know, other opportunities for fundraising within your role? What, what's the plan for you in a post-COVID world with your role? Where are you planning to take it? Yeah, as I mentioned at the start of the show, it's, uh, it's a very exciting time to be part of the charity. Um, in the not-too-distant future, we'll be putting a spade in the ground for our new purpose-built mental health support facility, the People's Place, which is a, a next piece of the jigsaw in our Everton in the Community campus. For those that know it, just on Spellow Lane there, just a, um, a short walk from Goodison Stadium. Uh, and that's going to be you know, a really exciting development for our department specifically, because that's going to be the hub, uh, the HQ really, for all of our activity. So there'll be, you know, a lot of information coming out about that in the not too distant future, but, you know, really exciting development that we'll see, um, you know, specific support and intervention in place for people who, who need it, you know, to help mitigate some of those, you know, risks or related to poor mental health. Uh, so that's a very exciting thing that's uh, in the not too distant future. We've launched a number of new projects recently. Uh, recently was one called Out of the Blue, which is our online mental health education course, which we're delivering with um, a local uh, private practice. And it's an opportunity for people to learn more about mental health, learn better coping strategies, become more self-aware as to some of the aspects of mental health that they can learn more about. 
uh, and help invest in their own mental health and well-being. A number of different new programs that we've launched, one recently supporting um, female refugees and asylum seekers. Again, a great addition to our portfolio of projects to support, you know, um, a very marginalised, underrepresented group. So there's just so many exciting things happening on, on a daily basis. And then I guess the kind of more medium to longer term um, vision is obviously the transition of uh, Goodison to Brownie Moore Dock and the kind of Goodison legacy that will be left uh, in its place. I just, yeah, a very exciting time as a club, certainly as a charity, uh, as a department. You know, we've got uh, plans to be able to drive the work that we do to the next level and support more and more people. Because um, ultimately that, that's what it's about, it's about leveraging the support, the support that we can through the inspirational brand of Everton Football Club, uh, and the reach of Everton in the community to support as many people as we can to improve quality of life and positively challenge, you know, the health inequalities across the city. Yeah, absolutely. I couldn't agree with that more. And Johnny, just as we wrap up now, uh, you know, we've already kind of gone over the access to services uh, point of the show where, you know, you've detailed, you know, how people can get involved. Just, just as a final reference to anyone listening who does fancy getting involved or anything like that in any of the voluntary centres, sort of what would you recommend? Go to the social media pages, the websites and getting in contact that way and, and getting involved? Yeah, they, they would be your first point of calls, really. I guess that, you know, the various sections on the website, you know, you could spend a good few hours just perusing at your leisure and the various different departments, activities, engagements, um, that you can get involved with and there's just tons and tons of great content on our social media platforms as well so yeah i would really advise anyone to spend some time just having a look through there find what it is that you're kind of passionate about that you'd like to get involved with um, and then get in touch yeah there's all the contact details will will be on those two platforms yeah no absolutely absolutely again and i'd uh, you know personally i i would recommend that anyone would, that would like to get involved would do so. You know, I can only recommend the volunteer, volunteering events enough. They were they were a lot of fun. They were for the great cause. I think uh, you know the people's place that you did mention there, Johnny, was actually one of the main you know sources of fundraising. That was what we were fundraising for, and I think that's just going to be an absolute you know yardstick for just how fire and the community have gone to help the people of the city region and help everyone who needs the help that well that they need essentially. But you know. That's um, sort of all we've got uh, to cover on the Men's Health Week side of things now, John. I hope you've enjoyed being on the show. It seems like a very exciting time to be part of Everton in the community. It sounds like there's a lot of exciting things coming up, and it's nice to see that positive uh, outlook, you know, considering the world we're living in at the moment, and hopefully as things ease and get a little bit better, it's it's going to be even better for everyone to get involved, Johnny. Absolutely, yeah. There's much uh, reason to be optimistic um, about what you know the the new world, I guess, the new um, order in terms of how we'll then come out of COVID and the after effects of it. You know that we can be, you know, looking forward to as much as we need to be cautious and measured with our approaches as we, you know, navigate what is, you know, obviously been a very difficult time for people. There's much reason to be optimistic and excited about and you know we'll be there through it all thick and thin to be able to support the people that we uh, yeah are engaging with so much reason to be uh, excited yeah absolutely and i would obviously 
you know, just to, to echo the sentiments again, I'd implore anybody to get involved for any kind of support they need with Everton in the community, to get involved with any of the volunteering events, also as Johnny has outlined as well. So all that's left for me to say is, Johnny Garside, thank you very much for joining us on this Men's Health well, Men's Health Week special on the Blue Room today. I hope you've enjoyed your first Blue Room podcast. Yeah, many thanks for the invite, Ben, and keep up the good work. Try our best. We will try our best. So that is all we've got time for on that show today, the Men's Health Week special with Johnny Garside. Make sure you like, subscribe, and follow us on Patreon at the Blue Room Extra for all the extra content that we produce. And like I say again, anyone who is in need of any support, anybody who wants to get involved, as I do myself, with Everton in the community. There'll be plenty on the social media channels from us to outline where you go for that information. But I've been Ben Crawford. Thank you very much for listening to this show. And we'll be back with the usual shows throughout the weeks and months as we draw close to the season starting up again. Northern Tool and Equipment isn't just a store. It's a problem solver's paradise. Fully stocked with the right professional grade tools and fully staffed with experts who have the right answers. Problem solved. Northern Tool and Equipment Summer Sale is on now. Stop in and save up to 50% on pressure washers, sprayers, generators, fans, lawn and garden equipment, and more. Hundreds of deals in store or at northerntool.com. Sports Social Podcast Network.